Welcome to the Front End Nerdery Podcast, a podcast about front end web design and development. Do they even we didn't even say web design anymore? That just came out of nowhere. I don't know. I would possibly. What is it? Product design now? But I mean, product yeah. design. Yeah. I mean, if you're working on a product, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure we say web design still. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I haven't seen it used as a title for like a job, like web designer. No. Or UI design. Webmaster. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a blast from the past. I actually had that. I had that title. Professionally had that title. Folks yep. paid me to have that title. Yeah. That's that's when you used to s- snap those little um uh yeah. See, words today are just escaping me. This is um, this is gonna be an interesting um, talk. That badges that said your site was accessible. <laughs> that they want to bring back. Yo, I really hope that never happens. I really that, do. That's for <laughs> yeah, that that's for another podcast because that's yes. a, yeah, that's a different soapbox. But uh yeah. I'm Todd Libby, and with me, my guest, uh, my co-host, my guest, my co-host, Homer Gaines. Homer. What's good, everybody? Happy Friday! So, happy Friday! Yeah, happy Friday. Um, so today is, I guess, I don't know. It's it seems like it's going to be you kind of um, interviewing me a little bit, but. We're going to talk about um, my work in the W3C and deceptive patterns and the FAST framework. Yep. So I'm going to hand it over to you while I, you know, get ready for all these hard-hitting questions. Actually, they're not going to be hard-hitting questions, really. Um, What I really want to do is uh, I would love for you to highlight what your talk is about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just for those who aren't able to get to any of the conferences that you're speaking at, uh, so that, you know, they can at least gain the insight that you are presenting to others. So, uh, initially I'd like to know why, like, why did this even become a thing with you? Cause I, I know your whole role in accessibility and in, in, in the accessibility community and all, but um, this one is still somewhat a fresh talk that a lot of people are, do not have on their radars. So I'd like for you to expound on this topic, talk about how you came up with it or why you came up with it, why you feel it's important to discuss. And then if you can just go over some high level details of it, since you know this is we're not doing a full hour on this one. You can yeah. just give us the gist. So yeah, yeah, first one. How'd you? What made you want to start speaking about this uh, at conferences? Uh, the work that I've done, the work that I'm doing, I think, made for a talk that maybe the community, the dev community, um, would want to possibly have so what i did was put the i put this talk together about the the stuff that i've been doing um and i thought it's important because 
not just to me, but to inclusivity and accessibility, since we're both in that space. Um, mm -hmm. And not because, um, you know, it, it just, you know, I didn't chat GPT it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, 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 from the, from the time that I was like, okay, we're doing this work. I think this would, I thought it would make a really engaging, not only an engaging talk, but an engaging conversation. And so far, like the conversation part, oh, didn't that just go well on, on social media? But I won't go into okay. that. <laughs> oh, no, we might have to, because, I mean, you we, just can't drop might. that and be like, oh, yeah, that went well, <clears throat> sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we may have to discuss discuss that aspect of it. But, all right, so you're talking about um, deceptive patterns in the FAST yes. framework. So yeah. how, do you how do you define deceptive patterns? Because I know um, what one of the people are more, probably more familiar with anti-pattern or dark pattern. So how did you come up with deceptive patterns or why did you choose deceptive patterns as opposed to those other two labels? I don't like the, I don't like the term dark pattern simply because it just doesn't, it doesn't describe what these patterns are. And not okay. only that, they're in, Contrary to popular belief, I think, and this is just one man's opinion, I think there are, we've gotten to the point where we have been ridding the tech landscape of problematic terms. Master slave, for mm -hmm. instance. Yeah. Dark patterns although of a lesser degree, I think is a problematic term. And okay. that's part of why I don't use it. The other part being, I don't think it fits. I don't think it fits at all. I think deceptive is more attuned to what um, is going on with these patterns. I think also at the same mm -hmm. time, anti-pattern is as well. So to get to the question, what's the difference between the two? A deceptive pattern to me is a deliberate attempt with intent to deceive a user into doing something they don't want to do on the web. Okay. An anti-pattern an anti is a pattern is, that is harmful or bad. It's bad UX. It's bad, you know, whatever. But there's no intent. It's not deliberate. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's a big difference. And I just not too long ago was like, okay, because I wasn't discussing the anti-pattern, I was like, there is a difference. So that's why I added it into my talk because there is a difference. One's with intent, one's without intent. Um, okay. Yeah. And so just like, just like with legal matters, how, you know, some instances you have to prove intent. Um, how do you, 
how do you prove intent with a deceptive pattern or an anti-pattern? There are classifications that we have and um, I think, let's see. There are barriers and different types of patterns that are with intent. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a clear line with some of these that, oh, yes, that's with intent. Um, Can you give an example? So trick questions. That can be one. Um, like double negatives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the uh, one example I give is there is a uh, form and it says, I would like to receive, I, I, I would like to receive relevant information from this company. And there's a, two radio buttons. Yes or no. And one's checked. No. The question underneath that, I would like to receive additional information too. No, that one's checked. And then underneath that, contact preferences. Would you like to receive information from company X about upcoming events, exhibitions, and news? No. And, the, and I, those aren't really trick questions, but they, there's confusion. There is a pattern. No, I get it. There's a pattern there of deceit. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I get it. I get it. If you ask me once and I gave you an answer once, don't ask me two other times the same way, expecting my answer to be different. Mm -hmm. If I don't want any information from you, I don't want any information from you. Yeah. I'll give you a better one. Copy and paste when that's disabled. <laughs> that's an anti-pattern for sure. And also a pain in the neck uh, from an accessibility standpoint yes. when you disable it. Yeah. Or, or, well, that's actually not a better one. What? So let me let me ask you this: okay. Would um, would form input fields that don't allow foreign characters be considered an anti-pattern? Yes, because somebody should be able to input their name the way that it is spelled and not have an error message come up saying. No, that's not well paraphrasing. No, that's wrong. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That's the yeah, friend. Definite. Um, that's a definite the one that uh, one that I came across. Uh, a friend of mine, um, her first name has two letters, and mm -hmm. she was trying to sign up for a service, and the input would not allow her to put her first name because it said it had to be more than two letters which I thought was trash. Yeah. So yeah. another another example I give in my talk is our friend Gina Ann. Yeah. She Shout had out Gina. Clarity she had, Conf. Yep. Clarity Conf. Great conference. Uh, she had an example that I had to take. <laughs> and it was from Post, that app Post. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh! So it's it's basically shows the the form 
where you put in the handle that you want. Mm -hmm. And it says in parentheses, your unique personal identifier. You currently can't change it. So pick a good one. Example, gnome. N-O-A-M. Okay. That's the CEO. I believe that's his name. Gnome. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but apologies if I'm not. So the example has four letters. And you know Gina Ann. She is at Gina. J-I-N-A. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she might as well just have that joint trademark. She goes. Yeah. She goes. She presses enter. An error comes up. Handle must be between 6 and 15 characters in length and can only contain letters, numbers, and underscores. But their example is four letters. I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Make it make sense. Is that deceitful? No, but it's a definite anti-pattern. It's misleading. It is misleading. misleading. That's for sure. Is there intent? Yeah, it's definitely misleading. Is it, one could say there is no, there's no intent. So, I mean, right. What is with and without intent is subjective. Honestly, you know what though? Um, I think there is a way that you can prove whether something uh, was done with intent. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to looking at business requirements. So, for instance, while someone is building out this form and they're working on a validation for it, if it is specifically called out that the form should have, you know, that particular anti-pattern built into it, and that is a part of the requirements, that is intended. So, therefore, you have intent because a decision was made to actually limit it based on these parameters versus someone saying, oh, we just have this. And because just a lack of forward thinking or whatnot, they build in that validation. Maybe it was a use case that never got tested or anything like that. Yeah. You know, that's just how it was validated and that could fall short, you know? So I could see, I could see um, intent being proven that way. But then again, yeah, getting someone to actually say, well, show me your documentation so that we can verify how this was. I mean, that could be going back to tickets, but that's also like, are we getting into courts of law to prove this stuff? So I don't know, but that's just one way that I could, that I could see it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So when you, so when you're talking about what, so when you're talking about these, um, these deceptive patterns and mm -hmm. such, are they only related to from what, from your research and everything, are they only related to form elements, forms, or is it that we just see them more often in forms while trying to extract data from somebody? Not just in forms. Uh, I'll give you an example. Paywall on a website. We right. get how's, we get how's that? Okay. So we get all of the bad news thrown at us it's constantly shoved in our faces but anything ah. anything other than the bad news we go to click on it and we, we you you're staring in the face of uh, the best example is the washington post 
when I see a link and I click on it, it goes to the post and then there's a paywall. It's like, and it could be something, it could be bad. It could be bad news. It could be, you know, not a very good news item or it could, you know, most of the time though that I've seen through my research, Mm -hmm. it's been something that, you know, won't make me feel anxious that won't raise my anxiety or make me, you know, angry to read it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So we have paywalls. I think that is, that's a definite anti-pattern to me. It, you know, deceitful, We're getting into is the link deceitful? Nah, that's that's another debate. Is it um, is it deceitful when you click on it and you're able to read or you start reading and then the paywall pops up in front of you after you have been on the page for say thirty seconds or so? It is. I think that's. I got hit by that today, and yeah. it was annoying as crap. I was yep. I was reading this article and boom. Like you must subscribe. I'm like, really? Yep. Yeah. That's de- that's a definite that the way that is implemented is a definite deceptive pattern. Um, another example is a timer. Okay, you have 12 hours until our sale ends. You better hurry, and you better order something. Oh, well, you know those those are marketing tactics that play on your psyche. That's Definitely. what those are. Building in that urgency to get you to go click, 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 do it now. Ticket ticket master, you Mm -hmm. have you have 10 minutes to finish this order. What if I get sidetracked like I have before and I have to come back and I gotta do that process all over again? But the seats that I had are gone now, so I have to go through and find seats because Mm -hmm. now. The way I the way I'm thinking on these is okay, especially with the timer. What about if somebody has a cognitive issue? Mm-hmm. What if even maybe somebody has you know an issue learning or reading issue? That creates a huge barrier for people like that. Yeah. So not necessarily anxiety too Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of people don't do well when there's you know timed actions and so forth right wait there's a rule in the WCAG against timing or saying that you should at least state an amount of time that a task for like a session for instance a session is going to be open but you also are supposed to give the person ample time to uh either cancel that session or extend it after a while yeah, that's so I know that yeah, that's I don't know um, if that really applies to this. Well, I'm looking at that now. Success criterion 2.2.1 timing adjustable. Yeah, timing so, adjustment. Yeah. So for each time limit that is set by the content, one of the, at least one of the following is true. You have turn off. The user can turn off the time limit. Uh adjust. The user is allowed to adjust the time before encountering it over a wide range that is at least 10 times the length of the default setting. Extending, mm-hmm. then you have real-time exception, you have a central exception, and you have a 20-hour exception. It's a very, I don't know what the, it's not as much 
I guess you could say nuanced or you could it it's a very involved success criterion. So yeah, that mm-hmm. that that's definitely something that accessibility wise you could definitely say oh that doesn't meet timing adjustable because of you know whatever issue there is so so playing devil's advocate we know that i don't know why we're picking on Ticketmaster right now because it's your fault you brought them up anyway suck (laughs) (laughs) glad they're not a sponsor anyway (laughs) We He's don't like, have any. We don't have any. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, devil's advocate here. We know that if you were standing in a queue waiting to purchase tickets, mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. standing waiting to pur- purchase tickets, if you just happen to be the unlucky person that is number, you know, 501, and there are only 500 tickets that you didn't know about person in front of you gets the last ticket it's basically first come first serve basis yep could this timer or the way that they handle timing online be considered a method of doing first come first serve in a digital medium i would first saying that it's still not it doesn't have his accessibility issues but could this be a possible way to actually do that first come first serve. I would first ask myself, did I see anything that mentioned there are a limited amount of tickets and there was a limited time to get those tickets? If not, okay, then I definitely am saying that's a deceptive pattern. Can't can see it, that. Can it be an anti-pattern? Sure it can. Okay, and from the point of view where, you know, I go in and I'm looking around for seats and I got that timer ticking down. Sure, I don't want to be rushed. I want to find a good seat for the concert, right? Mm-hmm. That that part could be, I would say, an anti-pattern. But if, you know, seats are getting snatched up and I'm like trying to look around and then all of a sudden timer runs out and it's sold out. That's, that's kind of, you know, and and then you go back and read, Oh, there was only 500 tickets, limited time, you know, 12 hour sale. Yeah. That's definitely a deceptive pattern. I haven't seen that though. So more often than not, it's an anti-pattern that I've seen. Okay. I'm just curious. Like I said, yeah. I'm just, I'd rather, ch- I'd like to challenge it because I could see somebody coming up and actually doing that exact same mm-hmm. thing to, to argue the point itself. Um, yeah. So deceptive patterns, dark patterns, anti patterns. So let's touch on dark patterns again. Because mm-hmm. um, what we're coming up on time, we, we've got a half hour. To, yep. to bang this out. So I want to get into the controversial side of it. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. What type of negative feedback have you received for trying to shine some light on deceptive patterns? Uh, I tweeted out 
I think it was New Year, January 1st, as a matter of fact, when I think it was, where I was like, it's 2023 no, now. Waited to start the year off. I know. It's, you know, leave it up to me. <laughs> um, it might Let's start the year off with an argument. Yeah. I mean, it's Twitter. Why not? Um, <laughs> it it, it might have been a few days after. But anyways, I tweeted out, it's 2023. Why don't we stop calling it dark patterns and start calling it deceptive patterns because, you know, or anti-patterns because dark patterns just makes it feel all Halloween-y, you know? It makes it feel Halloweenish. Halloween, Halloweenish. Halloweenish. Okay. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> um, all right, all right. We keep it Halloweenish. So, but wait, somebody had beef with that. Oh, well, I I didn't mention Halloweenish, but yes, somebody had beef with it, and here's why: they misread one which seems like it's a common theme on Twitter. People misreading other people's tweets. Oh, yeah. Um, misread stuff all the time. I said there were, there are racial connotations behind the term dark patterns. Or they're, or they're, See, they, you use that trick. You use that trigger word. Yes. Racial. Yes. It, you know, I'll stop right there before I say something that that gets me canceled. <laughs> but right, so the the trigger word triggered somebody. Yes, and then that brought a mountain of people jumping on that bandwagon. I said they could, they can be there. There can be racial connotations behind the term dark patterns. And there is research to show that there is. Okay. Black, dark, Mm -hmm. evil, disgrace, vile, immoral, white, light, purity, good, innocence, cleanliness, you know, Mm -hmm. take all that. People wanted to, well, it's all about light and how light, light from the sun or light from an, how is a, a pattern online digitally? What does it have to do with light from that big fireball in the sky? Nothing. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. That's just avoiding that word racial mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the connotation there's also the 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 inclusion why are we using an exclusionary term harry brignall who coined the term dark patterns him and i have been talking mm-hmm. and he switched from dark patterns to deceptive design, which I like deceptive design as well, because yeah. everything's everything's yeah, like got a too. design, everything's got a design phase to it too. So mm-hmm. it's all about you know the deceit, the deliberate attempt, or the you know the, the um 
there's no attempt to deliberately harm a user, but it happens, you know, mm-hmm. without without intent. It's the pattern where somebody is forced down a path to trap their attention. And this is what that's about. It's not about dark or light, you know, black or white. It's Mm -hmm. all about that deliberate push down that path to get people to do something, whether it's from the marketing aspect or whether it's, you know, whatever. There's a goal these companies want us as people on the other side of the glass to do, and that is to sign up for their newsletter. Sign up for their newsletter to get 30% off your first order. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if I don't what if I don't want to? What if you slap that modal in my face when I land on your website? I'm leaving. I am gone. That's a deceptive pattern. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just think there's no room for dark pattern. That is a archaic and monolithic term we you and i both know and maybe there's listeners Mm -hmm. out there that are that will agree people that work in tech and on the web we don't like change and as human beings we don't like change at all Mm -hmm. oh i i'm i'm fine with that term dark patterns well okay you're you're living in 1990 or or the year 2000 maybe you know it's 2023 you know let's have a more inclusive term deceptive design deceptive patterns anti-patterns something other than dark patterns it's not because of a freaking light and the light source of something that has nothing mm-hmm. If we're going to get into that, then we might as well hit, you know, we might as well go to MIT and have brunch and talk about light and light waves and all this stuff and become scientists, which has zero to do with anything. (laughs) And now that I've gone off road, that's my point. That was so off road when... Uh, it's it's not racist i never said it was racist i said there was racial connotations there is a difference now whether that is yeah yes there there is a difference i mean remember the um i I hope i don't i'm remembering these lyrics remember the rap group back in the uh 90s third base Mm -hmm. mc search had a line um, paraphrasing it, where he said uh, something like, bad guys wear black, must have been a white guy that started all that. Mm-hmm. And the lines before where he was talking about different things that were that were black and how black was seen as bad. And like you said earlier, black meaning absence of light. We already know sphere, the whole nine. Um, void of color, dark. So I get how dark comes in or and how that is being used. And yeah, to some, it could have, it could be charged. It could be a charged term. Um, 
I will admit when I when I first when I built my first computer back in mid 90s and when I was purchasing the hard drives, you know, and I was going to install my hard drives. And that was back in the day where we had those little jumper switches that we had to put on the hard drive to denote which one was, you know, the first one versus the second one. And yes, I was taken aback when I noticed that those jumpers were labeled master and slave. Yeah. I was just like, wow. I was like, that's jacked up. Hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And then I paid it no mind. I was just like, all right, whatever. This is, it's not like me realizing that at that moment was going to change the industry. You know, it was, all right, that's what it is. Then, um, for years, what we started, you know, we've been, especially since we have repos, master branch, the master branch, um, even in architecture, you know, I point that way because our, the main bedroom is that way, but master bedroom, mm -hmm. there are other industries that are actually leaning in to not using these terms that have these racial connotations. Some of them, the history of them is racist. Master mm -hmm. bedroom. We already know that why that is considered that. So now it is called the primary, you know, we're going there. GitHub changed or gave you the ability to change main to whatever you need it to be. So there are other industries. We'll just stick with GitHub. GitHub is a tech. It is tech. We have the ability to make those changes. They are leaning into it. They leaned into it as a service. So what makes it so difficult for others just to be able to, one, have the empathy to understand that this could rub folks the wrong way. And if we have the ability to change it for the better for someone other than myself, I'm speaking as if I'm not me, change mm -hmm. to make it better for someone other than myself. Why not do that? Yeah. And I mean, me being, you know, a behavioralist, I have my own theories of why we run into that. It's unfortunate that, you know, you run into the negativity as such, just from trying to point something out and get us to think about the terminology that we are collectively using as an industry to better ourselves. Yep. You know, at the same time, it's just, yeah. I think people like to be divisive for the sake of being divisive. Yeah. And if you, you remember, know? if you remember when GitHub made the move from master to main, some people lost their damn minds about it. You know what? Honestly, I do remember when that happened and I muted a lot of those folks or yeah. I blocked a lot of those folks because of like, this is first off, y'all got mad beef with this term that we already know has a, has some racial energy, racial energy behind it. So it's like, why are you even embracing it that way? Yeah. And I just didn't want the noise. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. People lost their minds over that. A lot and, of people out of that. Yeah. And and people people have lost their minds. Over, I had to mute that conversation. I had I to mute it. that conversation. Because I, I you know, 
the end goal, okay, for for the fast framework is, well, first of all, basically what it, the framework is, it advises creators of technical specs on how to ensure their technology meets the needs of people with disabilities. That's the main goal with this. One of the main goals, mm-hmm. okay? The mm-hmm. other, since I brought in, or I suggested the mental health piece is to do no harm on the web. Right. So the, you know, one of, one of the goals that I have in this is I asked a lot of people on Twitter, give me an example of a, of a deceptive pattern or an anti-pattern that you come across and why this harms you. And I had a lot of responses and a lot of great examples, which we are using in our documentation. Things, again, fast you know, framework, it, it's to reduce harm to the people who are affected by these things. You know, you mentioned anxiety, you you mentioned anxiety, and that's that's one of the things. We want people to be able to use something on the web without physical harm or risk to not only them, you know, to not only other, you know, people, but to themselves as well. I mean... Mm going down not trying not to go down in an entirely different rabbit hole but misinformation disinformation that's causing harm that's a big why do i mention Mm -hmm. that facebook twitter two of the big players in the game what did they do they let that run rampant for years and now we're uh, we are where we are because of that harm those two platforms inflicted onto people. It's driven friendships apart, families apart, caused a whole deal of harm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get those companies to buy into this? No, they're solely there to make money. They're to make Mark Zuckerberg and Egon Musk. A boat ton of money, and yeah, I I know Elon. Elon, all right, Elon. I just I can't. <laughs> the the emer- the emerald baby, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's an entirely different show. <laughs> Holy smokes! All right, um, <laughs> and there are, there are ethical web principles. There are. Two in particular, it's the W3C tag ethical web principles uh, document, and then the ethical principles for web machine learning. I don't remember if they have groups. I'm pretty sure they're just documents. But there's, you know, there's this thing called ethics. Oh, yeah. And when, and when I got oh, yeah. J- Joe Developer going, that's not racist. Yeah. Well, of course not. You don't think it is because insert whatever reason they have there. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. So I get that. I had that conversation with uh, somebody 
I want to say it a couple of weeks ago where I was like, um, so just because you don't think a term is doesn't mean that it isn't. Yes. Just because, you know, said term does not affect you in a negative way or has any effect on you as a person or how society views you does not mean that it is not a negative term nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and unfortunately, that was about as, as effective as me explaining it to a brick. But hey. Yeah. let that ride out yeah and, and yeah because yeah that that kid was just ignorant he was just <laughs> some some days some days i have time to deal with trolls and other days i don't and mm -hmm. he was a troll in real life and you know it was the, the better thing to do with that was just to be like you know what let me go ahead and exit this conversation because yeah. clearly you're just here for the drama and i got i got better things to do than speak to someone who yeah is letting it go through one ear and out the other. Yeah. And, and, and I already saw, I already know what time it is with you. So, yeah. And we, you know, I know, you know, we've known each other how long now? A couple of years. Yeah. I know, I think I can safely assume, and even though sometimes I shouldn't, I do, that you have an aversion to emotional vampires like I do. I don't want to like when that conversation happened where it's not racist. Well, here's the links to those research papers that mm -hmm. are, you know, university level, not just what something Todd wrote. Yeah. Right. Go, go educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want any part of that conversation because it's just so draining. When you yeah. meet up with an emotional vampire to where they just drain the energy, they suck the life force out of you. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want any part of it. Anymore. And it comes in and it comes in many varieties. You know, like yeah. I had a had a guy come up to me after I gave um after I gave one of my accessibility talks, and he was very adamant in explaining how he felt that only meeting level A for the WCAG was efficient. And I yeah. I just gave him the look. You know I don't have a poker face. So he, <laughs> he saw the he saw the screw face immediately. <laughs> and he is like trying to convince me that he is doing the right thing. But I know that by him trying to convince me, he's actually trying to validate where he was coming from and his justification, his intent. To only support yeah. level level or level A, trying to get me to buy in or validate and affirm that he was correct in what he was doing. And I chose not to. And you know, I pieced out of that conversation as well. But yeah, that that one was was mad annoying. Now there were a couple other people who were around me who had a more visceral response to homeboy. I was like, you know what? Obviously, you were in my talk. You chose not to listen and lean into it. So, you know. Yep. And that, Homer, <laughs> Homer, if I've learned anything from this year so far of 2023, it is this. The Irish goodbye is the most underused goodbye there is out there. 
<laughs> and I intend on using it a lot if I'm All on right. Twitter. Nice. <laughs> nice. So now before you know, before we we go, I do want to mention this. No. That fast the framework for accessible specification of technologies and the the link to the document uh, the editor's draft will be in the show notes this is a potential source of guidelines this doesn't replace wicag so there's a even even though i think i i've done a good job explaining this so far at the the talks that i've given on this i just want you know when people listen to this to to know this isn't replacing wicag this isn't going to be uh you know an alternative this is a potential source to implement along with or alongside the wicag guidelines that Mm -hmm. we follow and of course you know WCAG guidelines are a baseline. There's other things that we need to take into consideration too that you you and I both know, you know, it, you know, performance, internationalization, localization, all that stuff, you know, right. usability at UX. Okay. Um, so a potential source of guidelines, I think the biggest part for me, anyways, is that mental health piece, because mm-hmm. I know I can do all the research and all the work into this and it, you know, it may get published and it may get published in WCAG three or whatever. But even if one person is helped with, re- you know, with things on the internet and it reduces the harm that some of these patterns are, are causing Mm-hmm. I will have done my job. I will have feel complete, you know, and, and I mean, that's why I'm in accessibility. That's one of the things why I'm in accessibility to help other people. Now, Likewise. whether they, yeah, no, I understand that. Whether they want it or not. <laughs> I mean, we, <laughs> lately People don't want help and that's fine. I get it. You know, if that's how you feel, that's fine. I have. Just because you don't want help doesn't mean someone else doesn't need it. Correct. Yeah. No, I'm with that, you. I get it. But the, the, you know, where we were talking earlier on the phone, it's that, it's that family piece. It's that I have people that I need to be the voice for. Because mm-hmm. they don't have that voice. And I, I mention this sometimes in talks. And when I do like podcasts and, and streams and such. I'm not doing this for me. I'm not trying to be some sort of savior. I have a, a long interest in accessibility. It's over 20 years now. Um, I'm yeah. not, do, I'm not doing this. Years. Yeah. Yeah, we're long in the tooth. I started what towards the end of 2001, going into 2002. Yep, I started to say 2002. Yeah, 99 for me, right around 99. But yeah, um, you know, I do this 
for family and friends, my, the close circle of people. Right. For, for me, you know, and if it helps others, great. If it helps somebody that doesn't want it even better, but if it, you know, raises the ire of people who don't want help and view me as just some able-bodied person who's sticking their nose in where it doesn't belong, that's your, you know, if that's what you think, you know, that's none of my business. It's just yeah. like, you know, what people think of me is none of my business. If that goes with, you know, those people. Yeah. I, I mentioned on Twitter that part of the accessibility community is very toxic and boy didn't i get unfollowed but that's okay you know just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right i'm not saying i'm right but boy is there a lot of vitriol going on lately and it's sad to see because for the most part the and you know this the accessibility community is very open very welcoming and a lot of brilliant people. Mm-hmm. A lot. Why this is going on? It's anybody's guess. Who knows? Again, divisiveness. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Stress, so, people being tired, who knows? Anti-patterns. We're still in a pandemic, whether people want to believe it or not. <laughs> so... Thanks for telling me all about that. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. So where's the next time you're speaking? When are you actually? Yeah. When's the next? When's your next talk? So my next talk is in Orlando, Florida at Orlando Co-Camp. You'll be there. Our see friend, you there. Yes. Our friend DeMars will be there. Chris DeMars. Oh, uh, problems. Yeah. And I still can't get over the fact that it's during spring break, but, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's that season down there, but hey, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. All I'm interested in is we got to find some dope pizza in Old Town. So, yes, definitely. Um, so there's that. After that, so I had a little mix up, and let me just pull this up real quick here. Uh, I thought you were about to say you didn't hit record. No, I did. Yeah, it's still recording. Um, <laughs> Don't make me look. Don't make me look again. Um, so when I sent my CFP in for DevNexus, mm-hmm. um, I uh, I thought I was doing a workshop. I thought they had accepted my um, accessibility workshop, but it was a workshop and critique our friend. Pr- Pratique said, Oh Pratique? no, you're you're only doing an hour. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not an hour because I can't fit a lot of content into mm-hmm. one hour or that. So uh I am doing the deceptive patterns talk at DevNexus uh on I'm going through the schedule right now. I think it was Thursday, April 5th at 10 a.m. All right. Um Wait, April 5th? Yes. So DevNexus is the 4th through the 6th. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm on the 5th. Um, It's a lot of good speakers there. You know, a lot of people we know. Um, So those are the two so far. I haven't 
have had any word about any other um, conferences. I will be doing a Twitter space with our friend Demars on the 7th. So that's coming up in a few days. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just, I wrote it down. I'm at that age where I got to write things down. March 7th, yes. <laughs> on Twitter space. And then um, in in May, I believe it is, I'll be doing a stream with Nick Taylor on his I Am Developer stream on Twitch. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, I do have a lot of CFPs just floating around out there for conferences. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to um last year was a very busy year for me traveling and i'm i'm glad i was able to I'm grateful i was able to um hopefully this year will be a little less of traveling but you know we'll see but yeah th- that's that's pretty much it so you'll be in orlando yeah i'll and be then- down there and i'm i have a bunch of cfps that are that are still in the review process as well. So mm-hmm. I will and probably then, see you at some of these other events. Hopefully we can get, Oh, dev nexus, dude. Remember that place I told you about, uh, with the, with the tacos in Atlanta. Yeah. We need to go there. I don't. So we're doing that and blue India. Oh, blue India. Definitely. Okay. Speaking of which blue India if you're ever here in Phoenix, okay, and you need to come out, the place that I took Demars to over in Glendale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you're talking about this. I yeah, I need to um, I need to partake of this to see neck and neck. Blue India sets a high bar. They do set a high bar. That was the originator of the th- the thousand yard stare. Yeah, this, he was way off in the middle distance with that. Oh, I lot I literally time traveled. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the clock, it said 5:30. You guys got up and were leaving, and I got up and it was eight o'clock or something like that. I'm like, I just traveled in time. Yeah, that food was amazing. It was amazing. But yes, um, yeah, Blue India. It's hard to beat, but I think this place is a I think this place is a tie. I really, right. really do. All so, right. Um, and then you have ViewConf. Yeah, I got ViewConf coming up. It's gonna be in um New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, when is that one? UConf is New Orleans, May. Then I got Render here in ATL. And I'm still waiting to hear about uh, KCDC and the, re- the others throughout the rest of the year. So, yeah. So, KCDC, we're, we have a CFP. Yeah, we're doing a session, both. right? Yeah. We're a workshop. A session. Yeah, the workshop. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm down with that. And then I put in, I don't know about you, but I put in for a few um, or a couple other talks 
one being the deceptive patterns talk as well. So, okay. Um, and then did you put any f- for any talks during KCDC? Yeah, um, some accessibility talks. You know, I've got like four to choose from, four or five to choose from. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I like to submit all of them and then let the organizer choose which one they want. Yeah. One that they feel that the, uh, that the attendees would, you know, benefit from. Not saying that they, they wouldn't benefit from everyone, but just just to change it up a bit. They want different opinions, different ideas, things like that. So, yeah. Well, good stuff. Um, good stuff. Um, yeah. So, we are at time, homeboy. Yeah. I think we might have gone over, didn't we? Yeah, just a little. Mm. It's all good. So, thanks for that conversation. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, hopefully... Uh, picks up a little bit of steam maybe you know people will look at it and say you know what time for change i hope if not you know it was worth the attempt even if it's one person mm-hmm. you know so but yeah no thank you um it was great to to talk to you and i know we've been talking for a little bit of the day but uh definitely always a pleasure Indeed, this, indeed, from this side, um, and uh, yeah, uh, what we got coming up on three weeks until we're hanging out. So, find some, like you said, find some good food and yes, sir. chill. Keep yes, me sir. out of trouble. <laughs> I will try. Well, I'm not putting the onus on you. The the onus is on me. <laughs> and as as tempting as things are sometimes, I have to have to remember that I'm too yeah, old for this. I'll, I'll, I'll just wife you on you because you'll be down there with us. So Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um <but laughs> I, I can't wait to see you and I saw Demars not too long ago, and he made fun of me. Oh, I oh, I don't have it with me. So he was making fun of me because Hardington and I had uh, been talking about coffee milk, and and my my beautiful other half, she she got me a sippy cup because Demars on one of our drives was saying um, that I should be drinking it in a sippy cup. So I have a sippy cup now. It's blue, but it has lobster stickers on it. <laughs> so I f- I filled it up. Actually, I do have a picture. I filled it up with coffee milk the other day. So that's for you, Demars. And My the Red Wings and the Red Wings still suck. Oh wow! Okay, and on that note, so you you started you you, you can't be coming for Detroit B. Come on now. Hey, now, uh, mad props and respect for the you, pizza. You cannot be coming for the D uh, like that. No, <laughs> we will we will have no such talk on the podcast like that. Right, I will uh, I will refrain from the violence <laughs> <laughs> today. 
just just calling out Detroit like that. No. Now, if I had Detroit pizza, New York, Chicago, anything else, that's how I rank it. Detroit, I haven't had Detroit pizza in quite some time. So I'm overdue. So, and DeMars knows I'm going to visit and bring my sippy cup. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, it's great rapping with you, bro. Yeah. Likewise. See everybody later. Yeah. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Front End Nerdery podcast. Uh, we will be back at some other time. I don't with know. More when. shenanigans. More shenanigans. Uh, maybe a guest or two. And then maybe another one of these little, uh, you know, rap sessions between you and I about stuff and, you know, mixing it up this year, uh, needed to do something different. So it's, um, you know, like I said, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and we will do this again soon. So until then, like subscribe on the youtube channel uh leave a rating on podcast um you know platforms and you know we need some sponsors i i don't want to have to go out there with a twirly sign no don't do that or or beg i don't want to beg either no 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 don't do that you've been a (laughs) muscle but um i do actually real quick and i know we keep doing this we definitely have to get James and Amy on because that's long overdue. Yep, we got to do that, and we got to have yeah. She and I have to geek out about audio equipment. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, we definitely do that. Yeah, I'll get if you know you want to get in touch with him or I want to get. I'll do it. I don't mind. But anyways, um, again, like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Um, you know, tweet about it, toot about it just can't i don't know two so two is mastodon for anybody that doesn't know yeah and uh yeah to tweet shout it out from the mountaintops there you go but uh yeah until next time everybody we'll see you take care peace